You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. We are back, baby. Whew. I'm excited. I got the new theme song. We got the new hold music as we're counting down. Rumball Super Bowl. We got we got rooting for the Dolphins. Shout out to Miami Dolphins Vinyl on SoundCloud for those sick tunes. Shout out to Efren Ramos for the new graphics, the new intro video. He also setting us up with a new logo. Everything hasn't quite changed over yet. It's still preseason after all, but we're we're still work we're working our way and things are changing over. We're getting fired up because the 2022 Miami Dolphins season is nearly upon us, brain. But what what have you been up to in the last couple of months? I mean, I I showed up a couple times in the offseason, said hello on Dolphins Talk, which shout out by the way to everybody. Listening to DolphinsTalk.com, watching on the DolphinsTalk.com, or I'm sorry, the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. Been a minute since we've done one of these. Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, you better. So head on over there, subscribe. You can watch live. Hit us up in the comments. It's good to see everybody. Brain, what you been up to? Well, I mean, I got my sports fix in, you know, throughout the spring and early part of the summer with the Miami Heat making their deep run coming basically a shot away from the NBA finals. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, and then that ended. And like a lot of fans here in South Florida, I used to be a baseball fan, but I just, I, the Marlins just kind of killed it for me. So, uh, I really haven't been watching baseball at all. So I've, I've had to go to other avenues to get my competition fix and, I am, I realize that I'm extremely late to the party, but the best competition reality show on television, RuPaul's Drag Race. I, I can't wait for the spinoff of the same old Dolphin show, which is going to be the same old RuPaul's Drag Race show, where uh, you and uh, Mrs. The Brain will review episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race. We got to get that. Set. Oh my God. Yes. We yes, Queen. Is there, a, is there, a, is there a, a niche audience, uh, like crossover Miami, hardcore Miami Dolphin fans that would also be super into RuPaul's Drag Race enough to, to hear your commentary? on it and you know what maybe we could finally get your wife on the show yeah, maybe that's doubtful I, I will say this though um so I'm anybody that's listened to the show for uh you know a year or two knows that my other guilty pleasure aside from uh, now RuPaul's Drag Race is I'm a big fan of the of the Real Housewives uh, my wife has gotten me really into that and of so in like, all e cities um almost all of them um, my favorites are Salt Lake City and Potomac. Um, New Jersey is, is good. Beverly Hills is annoying, but good in its own way. And the new one, uh, Dubai, uh, has potential. Um, hmm. and, and so what I started doing, and I've kind of joked about potentially turning this into a podcast is, each each season, really each episode in each franchise, I start to develop a power ranking of the housewives from each franchise. Oh my. And so, uh, she really gets a kick out of that and we'll be watching it. And you like, she'll see that like my wheels are turning and it'll go to a commercial and she'll look at me and I'll say, I've got a power ranking coming. 
Oh, oh, fantastic. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll look forward to that episode, the spinoff of this show, the same old Housewives show with, with Aaron in the Brain and Mrs. Brain. Looking forward to that. That's going to be great. Uh, oh, oh, Mrs. Brain is in the comments. Mrs. Brain is in the comments. See, this is why you got to watch live because you can get a chance to interact with Mrs. Brain on, on, on YouTube. You know, it's very exciting. But uh, listen, we're not going to listen. We're not going to talk about RuPaul's Drag Race and, and the Real Housewives of, uh, you know, Southern Broward, Broward County. We're not going to talk about that right now because we got bigger fish to fry because training camp is upon us. The doldrums are over. The, 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 the dark, those dog days of summer where there's nothing going on. We've passed it. Training camp is coming up. And so what this episode is going to be all about is talking about some of the biggest questions that we have that are going to be answered, hopefully, in training camp. So this is, I think, different than asking some of the questions that we are looking to have answered in the regular season. So this is not going to be an episode where we're going to talk a lot about the quarterback because, listen, the quarterback situation is what it is. We're going to talk about that when we get to the regular season. And I see some other people here in the comments, and there are there is some concern about uh, about Tua. And listen, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about Tua over the course of the season. That's not what today's episode is about. We're going to ask those questions as we get into getting ready for the season. Well, we'll start to look at those things a little bit more deeply, but I really want to talk about where things are at in terms of heading into training camp and what are the questions that we're going to get answers to in you know these four or five weeks leading up into the season, the month of August, because we're going to start to get some answers here pretty soon, but it maybe not to the big questions. These are some smaller questions. So that's what we're going to kind of get into today. And then we're going to close off with our new segment, the, the Dolphins Talk Pulse Check at the end of the episode, giving you an update, let you know how the brain and I are feeling about this Miami Dolphins team in this moment. But before we do that, a reminder to everybody, make sure you are following us on Twitter. I am at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. That's A-A-Ron the Brain. The show is at Sam Old Dolphins. Of course, Every episode of the show is at, available at DolphinsTalk.com, so make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all of the latest news on the Miami Dolphins. And of course, subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find the same old Dolphin show, and we appreciate you subscribing and following along. Having a great time. And of course, hey, we're sponsored by Manscaped. Go to Manscaped.com, enter the promo code DolphinsTalk. You're going to save 20% off of your order, you're going to get free shipping and you're going to get some really great products to take care of yourself when it comes to the grooming situation. So, hey, can't go wrong with that. Manscaped.com, promo code Dolphins Talk, all one word. So, Brent, we've, we've spent plenty of time, you know, getting deep into the weeds, getting ready for your fantasy football draft and all of that stuff. But now it's really time to dig into the... Dig into training camp, and I and I think I think honestly, the biggest question, and and you can maybe you disagree, but for me, I think the biggest question that we have going into training camp is this offensive line and figuring out what that format is going to be and who's going to play where. Do we have a right tackle on the team? Do we need to go out and get a right tackle? Is Austin Jackson going to be this guy? Is the addition of Teron Armstead and Connor Williams going to be enough to solidify what was a pretty poor offensive line and make them into a stronger unit as we go through the season. Now, a lot of those questions are not going to be answered until we get into the regular season, but in terms of the Dolphins finding that starting five, that is hopefully something that we can figure out in training camp. And it is my hope, as well as I'm sure the hope of everybody listening to this and everybody who is a fan of the Miami Dolphins anywhere, the hope is that the Miami Dolphins have a right tackle on their roster right now and that we're not going to have to go out and do some additional shopping. So, Brain, what what are your thoughts on this offensive line as we head into camp here? Well, for first of all, they they are going to answer the question. They they are going to have starting five uh, on their offensive line. Whether or not it's any good, whether or not it's effective, that remains to be seen. Um, obviously, left tackle – 
you you know what you're doing there. You got Teron Armstead. You're hoping that he stays healthy because if he doesn't stay healthy, then it kind of throws everything else back into disarray. Um, so you're you're really banking a lot on Teron Armstead really being a stabilizing force by putting him at left tackle. Now this Connor Williams thing. This is so Dolphins. I mean, this is so this this team that you get a guy, you bring in a guy that has been a very good left guard for years, and you think, okay, great, we fixed the left side of the offensive line, the other s- stuff, the other the other positions, we maybe have some guys that ca- that can step in, and now what are we doing? We're playing the guy at a new position, and this immediately sets alarms off. Now. I'm not saying that it's not going to work. Like they obviously had this in mind when they targeted Connor Williams and the fact that like, you know, they they were playing him and teaching him a new position in mini camp kind of tells you that this was the plan all along. The problem is we don't know at all. And anybody that tells you that they know that this guy's going to be a really good center, they're lying to you because you don't know that until he actually goes out there and plays center in regular season football games. So the fact that we're dedicating our, you know, mini camp and our training camp to him now playing the center position, it all of a sudden opens up a hole at left guard where we've got question marks now. And we don't know if Connor Williams is going to be a good center. Now, granted, if he turns out to not be a good center, you can always move him back to left guard and that's that. But now you've basically shown that you have no confidence in Michael Dieter. Uh, and, but you, and you didn't go out and you get an, and got another center. So you, you've created more holes seemingly needlessly. So the hope is that Connor Williams becomes the franchise center and really locks down that role and plays it at an elite level. Um, because then you've got between Connor Williams at center and Teron Armstead at, le- at left tackle, you could plug somebody in there playing next to two players that good and, and kind of hide them there. And that's kind of what they're hoping to do with, with Liam Eikenberg. Um, I don't know that necessarily that's going to work or not. I think people are sleeping on Michael Dieter. I think Michael Dieter is in a place where he's in a contract year and he's going to be as motivated as ever to try to find his way back onto the starting five of this offensive line, whether that's at center, whether that's at guard. Um, but I, I think Michael Dieter's got a real chance of still becoming a starting player on this offensive line, whether it's at one of those two positions. Obviously at right guard, you know that you've got uh Robert Hunt um and and he's been he's been fine he's been he's been solid you're hoping that Robert Hunt could kind of make a jump um because he he's been fine he's been solid he's been you know the the least of their concerns on the offensive line but it's not like he's been a pro bowler either and then the big question mark is right tackle uh where uh, obviously the first crack at it is going to be Austin Jackson. Um, we're hoping with a completely different scheme, with a new coaching staff, with another year of experience that this works out for him. I am actually pretty optimistic about it. Now I'm not going to sit here and say that Austin Jackson is definitely going to break out and is going to be really good. But what I'm going to say is that a guy who is a much better run blocker as a tackle than he is a pass protector. Um, who is now going to be in a system where he's going to be being able to play downfield a lot more. We're presumably going to be running the football a lot more and we've got a better coaching staff. He's got every opportunity. The The fact is, is that this is make or break time for Austin Jackson. Oh, that's a hundred percent. If he can't do it this year with this kind of staff, with the talent that they have around him, with the confidence that they are showing in, then it, then it won't work. And if it doesn't work for Austin Jackson, then you're talking about, well, maybe Liam Eikenberg moves over and plays right tackle. Maybe it's Greg Little. Maybe it's one oh, of man. these other guys like a Larnell Coleman. And frankly, that's a recipe for disaster. Buddy, we're, we're, I mean, listen, Liam Eikenberg's already got his hands full moving into left guard. Like that's already his own 
you know, that's another thing. That's another one of the big question marks here. So, I mean, we've really, we're looking at a situation where right now on the Miami Dolphins offensive line, you're looking at one sure thing at, le- at left tackle, right? With Teron Armstead. And you've got, you're feeling pretty good about Robert Hunt at right guard. And then you got three question marks on the offensive line. And that's why you've really got to hope that things gel and come together in a positive way in, in training camp. And I think that's we're going to be looking at that during training camp and we're going to we're going to hear reports from camp and we're going to hear that either things are going really well or they're not. I think one of the good things is that this Miami Dolphins offensive line is going to be going up against the Miami Dolphins defense that is pretty stout with a lot of players that have come into their own. And so we're going to hear, hopefully, that the offense is a little bit holding their own as we come through as we come through camp this year. And hopefully, you know, that is an indication that things are starting to come together on that offensive line and then obviously once we start real football then then we're going to get those answers for sure let's go to another area where there's questions and i think it's it's one of the more interesting areas of this team is the uh the offensive backfield the running back situation now the dolphins made a lot of upgrades in the running back room this offseason they brought in chase edmonds they brought in raheem mostert they brought in sony michelle they drafted zaquandre white they also still have miles gaskin they also still have savan Ahmed. they also still have jared dokes who else who else they got kicking around back there they got you they think with patrick laird still kicking around back there what do we got going on <laughs> no, no patrick laird um they got a. Uh... And those what are the big it? guys, What's right? I don't name? know. I mean, you, you mentioned Raheem Mostert, right? Right. I, we mentioned Mostert. We mentioned White, the guy they drafted. You know, it's like they've got, got a lot of people back there. And now when you listen to a lot of the prognosticating around the Miami Dolphins, the biggest thing that you're hearing is that, well, it's like, well, oh, it's very clear that the three running backs are going to be, it's going to be Chase Edmonds leading the way, followed by Raheem Mostert and followed by Sony Michelle. And then there's one other guy that's going to make the cut. And maybe that that might be the easiest, most obvious solution. But I don't know that that's necessarily correct because Raheem Mostert is coming off of a, a pretty significant injury. So we don't know what shape he's going to be in. There's a possibility he could start training camp on the pup list. So he may not be a shoe in And then, you know, Sony Michelle he's just kind of out there and he, he looked okay. He t- seems to be the guy who, if there's going to be somebody on the roster, that's going to move into the Jordan one yard role. It's going to be Sony Michelle moving into that role. So you've still got miles Gaskin with an opportunity to, to make a living in the backfield for the Miami dolphins. You also still have Savon Ackman and you know, the buzz in the rookie mini camp in the off season was that Saquandre white was looking pretty good. So I think, you know, and not to mention that we know that Jared, Jared Dokes is a, is a, you know, has pass blocking to his, you know, on, on his resume. I don't know that Jared Dokes, a guy who was drafted by the previous regime is going to necessarily be a good fit in this system, but he's there. Um, and he's part of the conversation and we're going to, we're going to watch throughout this, throughout this training camp. But how are you feeling about this running back room, Brian? Well, I, I think they upgraded and they've got good quality depth. I mean, the fact that we're coming into this and we know that Miles Gaskin is battling just to make the roster should tell you everything you need to know because Miles Gaskin was this team's number one running back the last two years. Um, and frankly, I don't, I don't know that Miles Gaskin makes this roster. And, um, I think he, he could be a guy that ultimately gets traded because I think he's got some value there. Um, as a guy that has shown that he can be productive. Maybe he's not like he, well, not maybe he's not a, you know, a bell cow back, but he's certainly an NFL running back, a guy that can be productive in a committee. Um, but I don't know that he is part, I, I doubt highly that he's part of the long-term future here with the Dolphins. And I think the expectation is just based on the fact that the Dolphins went out and signed three guys to be ahead of him, uh, in, in Mostert, Edmonds and, and Michelle. I think the expectation is that he's battling for the fourth running back spot on this roster as far as tailback. And I know somebody in the, in the comments said, Oh, you forgot about fullback. No, we didn't forget about fullback. Alec and gold is obviously making the roster, but speaking uh, specifically about the tailback or halfback position, um, they're probably going to keep four. They might keep five, but I think they're probably going to keep four because they're also keeping a fullback. Um, So, 
I think when you look at the fact that, look, if you keep Miles Gaskin at the end of the year, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So I don't like, you're not going to re-sign him to, to a big contract. Um, and like, what's the difference really between Gaskin, Savan Ahmed and Zaquandre Wright, uh, White? I would say the difference is, is that those other guys probably have a higher upside. Uh, that they're more dynamic as far as they, they can break big plays. Now, maybe they aren't as reliable as a Miles Gaskin, which ultimately might end up getting him a spot on this roster. But, um, I think if everybody is healthy in this backfield, I think Miles Gaskin is definitely, you know, I, I think he's an odd man out. Um, and I think he probably gets beat out by either of White or Ahmed. I don't think Dokes is, I mean, uh, save for, you know, a f- multiple injuries in front of him. I don't think Dokes is making the roster. I think he's potentially a guy that could get stashed on the practice squad for a second year. Um, but I don't think you're going to get that with Miles Gaskin. I don't think you're going to get that with Ahmed. Maybe you can get that with White. But with all the buzz about him, we'll see what happens in training camp and preseason because he seems like the kind of guy that could flash. Um, and if he doesn't get a roster spot on the Dolphins, he, he could get a roster spot with somebody else. Uh, but I don't think it would make sense to let a guy like that go who you've got significantly more roster, uh, you know, control over as far as contract contractually, uh, for, one season of Miles Gaskin as your number four running back. Yeah, and also don't forget Mike McDaniel and his regime out with with that crew in San Francisco. They're the ones who originally brought Savan Ahmed in, you know, before that before releasing him and, and sending him to Miami. So there there is definitely interest there already. So there there is a very real possibility that Gaskin could be the odd man out, but there's also a possibility that he could rise rise to the challenge and and really turn up. So let's stick on the offensive side of the ball because I think there's more interest on the offensive side of the ball as well. And and quite frankly, I think there are are fewer questions on the defensive side. So on the offensive side, another place where things are really interesting and another place where there are big questions is uh, wide receiver. And I don't mean the top of the wide receiver chart because I think obviously with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell, you've got among the best one-two punches of wide receivers in the league, quite frankly. Um, And then behind them they've got Cedric Wilson who they've brought in and then behind him this is where things really start to get interesting and when you look at all of the different wide receiver options available for this Miami Dolphins team you've got Lynn Bowden you've got Trent Sherfield you've got Preston Williams you've got Devontae Dedman you've got River Craycraft Braylon Sanders Eric Izukana uh, Cody Core you've got all of these wide receivers and quite frankly Let's celebrate the fact that Devontae Parker is not on that list anymore. You know, nothing personal against Devontae Parker, but I'm glad he's New England's problem now. But, you know, he's gone. And now, so now you've got, you know, you got a Dolphins team that's probably going to have, what, six receivers on the roster, you think, at the when all is said and done? And so probably six, maybe five, but so, probably six. So for sure, you've got Hill, Wilson, and Waddle, right? So that leaves you with two or three spots for Lynn Bowden Jr., Trent Sherfield, who was played with played with San Francisco before coming to the Dolphins. You've got Preston Williams, who has a reputation of as being able to play the game and being a jump ball catcher, but also, you know, has problems staying healthy. You've got Devontae Dedman, you've got River Craycraft, at you've got Braylon Sanders, you've got the new draft pick, Eric Azukama, and then you've got Cody Core. Uh, you know, who, who the Dolphins just brought in. He's been a practice squad guy. So you've got these guys at the bottom of the list. The question is, which two or three of those guys are going to make it? I I could sit here and make an argument for, for Lynn Bowden Jr. because he's got some other skills. He's a little bit of a gimmick guy. I could make an argument for Preston Williams, but I could also make an argument that Eric Azukama should make it ahead of Preston Williams because they're similar players. Azukama is the rookie, right? And Preston Williams has shown, has 
you know, has had problems staying healthy in the past. So what do you do on the bottom end of that rust? And don't forget Sherfield, who is a guy that could also be very helpful in the special teams area. So he's the guy that could easily sort of slide into the sort of Mac Hollins role that has since been vacated. So what are your thoughts about how things shake out then at the, at the bottom of this wide receiver depth chart? Well, I mean, Ezukama has got to make the roster. You would think, you know, he was a fourth round pick. Uh, you know, you're not just jettisoning fourth round picks unless they just completely bomb out and, and, you know, make a terrible name for themselves in the, in the first week of training camp. Um, so I mean, you gotta figure he's, he's making the roster. Now, whether or not he's the fourth receiver, I don't know, but I think he's the fourth roster spot that you can pretty much sure up. So now you're really talking about one or two spots. Uh, I know that. You know, I, I think everybody is hoping that Lynn Bowden Jr. can pop in this preseason and that there's a role for him. Uh, I, but until we really see it, it's really just hope. Um, Preston Williams, more than anybody else on this list, has shown that he can be a productive player. Um, so I think that there's potential there. The Dolphins saw enough of in Preston Williams that they decided to sign him to a one-year contract to bring him back. So I think that Preston Williams uh, has a legit shot. I think those are the three guys that probably have the inside track, but they're not – well, Ezukanma is there. Um, I would say uh, – so you assume Ezukanma gets a, a fourth spot, so you got two spots left. Lynn Bowden Jr. and Preston Williams probably have the inside track, but their spot is by any – is not by any means guaranteed. So I think Trent Sherfield certainly has – uh, an opportunity to overtake one of those two guys. And then, you know, these other guys, I don't know a lot about them. I don't think any of us really know a lot about them, but we're going to see if they can make a name for themselves in training camp because you see it all the time where there are guys that come out of nowhere and make a name for themselves in training camp and in the preseason. If there's an injury or a player just does not perform up to the expectation, they can fall out of that. So I would say Lynn Bowden Jr. and Preston Williams, if I was guessing today, that would be your, you know, the two, the other two guys that make this receiving core on the active roster. But I would not be surprised if, if either of those two guys got beat out, if not both of them. Well, I mean, and Preston Williams was that guy, you know, when he showed up. He was the UDFA who showed up and and balled out and made the team. Granted, Granted. that was the day that was in that was in the days where the Dolphins didn't really have. That was when Jakeem Grant was one of the starting wide receivers for your football team. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> I exactly, mean, it was it was a different. It was like a lifetime ago, a lifetime ago when when we had Jakeem Grant starting at wide receiver. But you know who is going to be this this Kirk? Who is going to be the Kirk Merritt this year? Who's going to be the wide receiver that people get excited about? And that actually kind of leads me to my next question in general, um, is who are going to be those guys that are going to show up and be the surprise addition to the 53-man roster? You know, is is this a year that a guy like Trill Williams can build on what he had last year and make this roster? Especially when you've got guys, you know, on this roster who are getting to the end of their current deal who are maybe starting to regress a little bit. You know, when you, you got a guy like maybe like Eric Rowe, who is maybe not quite the player that he was, you know, he's maybe starting to slow, slow down a little bit. Maybe there's an opportunity. Trill Williams can show up. Maybe there are some of these other guys on the team. You know, who are these other guys on the roster? Maybe, maybe this is the year that River Craycraft just appears and, you know, makes big things happen. You know, who are those guys? Brand, do you have your eyes on a couple of players that you think, you know, you you think might be, uh, let's say, dark horses to make this 53-man roster? Well, I think on the offensive side of the ball, we already mentioned one, and that's the Quandre Wright, uh, White. Um, he's got a real chance to uh, make the 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 active roster as a running back and with, the you know, the health of Raheem Mostert, you know, always – up in the air, uh, Zaquandre White 
could potentially be an impact player for this football team when when all is said and done. Um, so I, I would say on the offensive side of the ball, he's a guy to look out for. On the defensive side of the ball, there aren't that many areas where there's even room for a guy to make a to be a surprise because they really brought everybody back. But I think Trill Williams is the name. I, I, he's a guy that could potentially. Uh, become this team's cornerback four or five. I think he could even potentially be in a role similar to Eric Rowe, where he can play a little bit of corner, he can play a little bit of safety. And I think, you know, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, we, you know, I don't think that we should be shopping Eric Rowe, but if the play dictates it and an offer is made, you know, if, if Brandon Jones on the off, on the, on the defensive side of the ball continues to elevate his game and, you know, you know, went from, I think it was something like 46% defensive snaps, uh, up to like, you know, 60 some odd percent defensive snaps last year. If he continues to get better and phase out Eric Rowe, then you've got Eric Rowe on an expiring contract. And you, if you've got other guys that can fill in that role, then that might be an opportunity where you can either, you know, make a trade or maybe he's a cap casualty because, uh, even though the Dolphins don't necessarily need to get under the cap, anything that they don't spend on, on cap space this year, they get to roll over towards next year. Um, which could be extremely valuable, especially, you know, depending on how the, the quarterback plays. So, uh, I just think that, that, you know, Trill Williams is, is a guy that could be, could be a huge name. And then here's a name that wouldn't have been a surprise if it was mentioned the last two years, but at this point, maybe becomes a surprise if we actually see high level play from him. And that's Don't Noah Igbenogany. I'm not, I'm not banking on that by any stretch, but, um, it would sure be nice if, if Noah Igbenogany, if the light bulb could come on and he could just be serviceable, if he can be Nick Needham, I mean, the depth that that puts in your secondary That's the thing, right? You don't need Noah Igbenogany to be Xavier Howard, right? And that was why one of the reasons that he was drafted originally was that at that point we were worried that Xavier Howard was dealing with his, all these injuries and maybe we needed to find the, whoever the next elite corner was going to be. Well, Noah Igbenogany has not been that by any stretch of the by any stretch of the imagination. But you don't need him to be that. You just need him to be okay. And he hasn't even been that, to be fair, at this point. And, but that leads me to yet again, like you're just serving him up so beautifully tonight, Brain. It's like we haven't missed a beat here on this show. Who are some of the other guys from some of these previous draft classes who are maybe approaching their last chance on a rookie deal to really make a leap? Obviously, Igbenogany is the big one. I mean, I mean, uh, well, and obviously the quarterback too is another one, <laughs> yes. right? I mean, that's another one, but we're not going to have that conversation tonight. We got a long time, a lot of episodes coming up. I promise we're going to talk about the quarterback, not tonight. Okay. Because obviously as we're going to the train camp, that's not a question. I mean, there, you could say that, is there a question about Skylar Thompson beating out Teddy Bridgewater, but I would no, be stunned. There's not a question. I would be that. stunned if, if Teddy Bridgewater was not the backup quarterback when the regular season started. I mean, barring an injury, which would be catastrophic, uh, you know, I, I would be very surprised. And although I have heard the Miami Dolphins name mentioned with Jimmy Garoppolo, but uh, I doubt very much that that is a move the Dolphins are looking to make. Although maybe Not this trade, year. Maybe a trade Miles Gaskin for Jimmy G. That's not happening. No. Anyway, uh so who are those players? Who are some of those players that you're thinking about, Brain, that you like, it's time to make that jump if you're ever going to make it. Now's the year. I mean, here's the thing, right? Like, we're we're all very excited about the players that were brought in last year and about the players that were brought in this year in free agency. So much so that it, it feels like this Dolphins team is on the precipice of becoming a legitimate contender. That's where we all hope that they they can be and we kind of feel like they're knocking on that door it kind of remains to be seen but 
That's kind of what we're all thinking. Um, but the, the fact is, is that it's going to be very difficult for them to get there if they don't have those players from that draft that was considered the, the most important draft. I mean, you had six picks in the first hundred picks of the draft. If those picks do not turn into really good players, it's going to be difficult for this team to really make that jump, no matter how good the other pieces are, because those picks are really foundational picks for this team. And obviously, Tua is the most important piece to that. But it goes beyond Tua, because Tua could still be an adequate starter in this league. And while that's not necessarily what you're looking for with the number five pick in the draft, it's still fine. But if your other two first round picks are not even adequate starters, then that's horrendous. And then you take a look at the the second round picks and it's like, I really like Raekwon Davis, but I mean, he's a nose tackle. He He's going to play in certain packages. And we don't know if this is going to be a base three, four team, if they're going to be more multiple. We don't, we don't know how much Raekwon Davis is going to play. And if Raekwon Davis is ever going to be like a pro bowl level talent, Brandon Jones, I think he's a nice player, but I don't think he's like a pro bowl caliber talent. Can Robert Hunt turn into that? I think Robert Hunt has a, you know, when he came out, I thought he had a high ceiling at guard. And maybe this is the year that we really see that from Robert Hunt and not just flashes and then, you know, kind of a high floor guy, but that's not really, that's just kind of a pretty good starter. Cause if you come out of it and you're like, you know, uh, the quarterback is okay. The offensive lineman sucks. The cornerback sucks. The safety is okay. You got yourself a nose tackle and then you got a guard that's pretty good. Like that's pretty terrible for six picks out of the top hundred. And that's ultimately what would, would, would keep this team from taking the next step. Because if any one of those guys turns into a pro bowl caliber player, this is a playoff team without question. If any one of those guys. I mean, that that would be ideal. That would be ideal. And there is absolutely, and I think we can make no bones about it. We'll get into this when we get into Pulse Check a little bit later. But I think there is absolutely a world in which if you're doing 100 simulations of this NFL season, there is absolutely a world where the Dolphins are making a deep run if not making the Super Bowl. We saw it happen with the Cincinnati Bengals last year. A lot of things got to go right, but there is absolutely a world where that can happen, where that can happen. I'm not saying it will happen, but there is absolutely a world where it can happen. Um, One of the things that would help that, Brain, you've got some questions about the linebacker position, particularly Channing Tindall and how he can come in to whether or not, I guess, really, whether or not he will supplant a Landon Roberts. Yeah, and I think in the long run, he will. Um, I think there's just way too much talent for him not to, but he's a little bit raw. Um, but if he can, if he can come into training camp and just beat out a Landon Roberts from day one, he can take this defense to a whole other level because you can make the argument when you look at this defensive line, you look at the, the addition of Melvin Ingram to the, to the edge rushing, you know, as an edge rusher, as a pass rusher, uh, you, you are projecting further development from, from Jalen Phillips. Uh, Christian Wilkins really came into his own and now is in a contract year fighting for a, for a contract extension. Um, you, you've got depth there between, you know, Raekwon Davis and, you know, Emmanuel Ogba and Brandon Seiler, uh, and, uh, you know, even a guy like Adam Butler and John Jenkins, like you've got depth on the defensive line, obviously at cornerback with X and Byron Jones, uh, obviously at safety with your, where you're projecting further development of Javon Holland, who looked like an absolute stud the second half of the year. He's one of the best safeties in the league. The second half of last season in his rookie year coming off of a year where he didn't even play because he sat out his, you know, his last year in college. Uh, because of COVID. Um, and, and you, and you keep, you, you brought back Nick Needham, 
you know, like if if Channing Tindall comes back, like this could be, an, you can make the argument that this is an elite defense, even if Channing Tindall isn't there. And you could certainly make the case that, all right, maybe Channing Tindall is like a sub-package player in his first year while he's kind of getting eased into things. You can make the case that they're they're still an elite defense. If he comes in and he actually beats out a Landon Roberts and this guy's making splash plays, tackles for loss, impact plays, forcing fumbles, like this defense takes the next step and becomes potentially generational. And and like I'm not saying they're there. I'm just saying the potential is there. There is enough talent on this team the between the the young talent, the veteran talent, uh, the guys that ha- were drafted last year with Channing Tindall coming in, like there's enough talent, there's enough depth that this defense has the potential to be a really great, like like a like a I, I don't want to say an all time great, but they, the potential is there. It's like you want to say like a world exists where the Dolphins can make it to the Super Bowl, right? A world exists where this is a, a an all time great defense this year. I'm not Starting saying that's going to happen, but the world exists. I'm, I'm getting a little fired up over here, brain. Getting a little fired up. You know what? You know what time it is, brain. You know what I think because I'm starting to get fired up. I think it's time for a pulse check. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. That's right. It is time for the Dolphins Talk Pulse Check. This is a new segment that we're starting this season here at DolphinsTalk.com where we want to hear from you, the fans. We're not going to hear from you, the fans, today, although please feel free to leave a leave your answer in the question uh, in the comments. But yeah, we want you to send in videos. Tell us how you're feeling about the Miami Dolphins. Send an email to dtpulsecheck at gmail.com. Give us about 30 to 45 seconds telling us how you feel about the Miami Dolphins and then sum it all up in one word. And that's what we are going to do right now. So, Brian, we've talked about some of these big questions that we have coming into training camp, and now it's time for us to check our pulses. So I'll start with you, Brian. It's time for your pulse check. So the one word that comes to my mind is reminiscent. This team, the last few years, has been building to something. It's it's been building to a point where we're like, we're not really sure if they're they're a contender or well, if they're even a playoff team or not. We know they're really not a contender, but now they're at a point where Technically, we still don't really know that they're like a playoff team because the, the, the AFC is so good, but it feels like they're knocking on the door of being a contender. And it's reminiscent of the majority of my childhood as a Miami Dolphins fan, which is thinking that there is a world that exists where the Miami Dolphins could be a Super Bowl team this year. And it's very exciting. But at the same time, year after year after year after year after year in those years of watching the Miami Dolphins, I watched them disappoint and prove to really not be a contender. And while there is a world where the Dolphins can make it to the Super Bowl, there's also a very realistic world where the Dolphins don't even make the playoffs. And so... Uh, it's very reminiscent because this is the first time I would say, I don't know, maybe Saban's second year. Um, when like there was all the excitement about them bringing in Dante Culpepper, even though that was a complete and utter disaster. Um, so if you want to go back behind, you know, further than that, this is probably the first time since the Jimmy Johnson and Dave Wanstead eras where I think Dolphin fans are coming into the season with a very real excitement and almost expectation that this team is going to make a deep run and be a legitimate contender. But it's also very reminiscent of those teams who 
frankly disappointed. So it's just that that's where I'm at. Um, reminiscent. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Although I think you're also uh, downplaying that, that year that Ryan Tannehill was, was coming back after they had made the playoffs and lost to the Steelers and, and then Matt Moore was the quarterback. And there was a lot of excitement building before Tannehill went down with his, with his second ACL injury there. And then they brought in Jay Cutler and let nobody, all the air no, nobody was, nobody, only delusional Dolphin fans thought that that team was a contender. But uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying, well, uh, you're reminiscent. I got another word as well. And now for me, I was thinking about this because I was having the word that I want to use is two words and that's against the rules. That's not how we do this, right? You got to use one word. You got to find one word. So I had to go to the internet and look up synonyms because I couldn't find a thesaurus. And then again, thesaurus is typically don't give you synonyms for multiple words. They give you synonym for one word. So, uh, so I found what I was looking for and, and the term is, the term is buoyant. I am buoyant about the Miami Dolphins right now, which means that I'm cautiously optimistic. And that's what I had to look up synonyms for, um, because I'm feeling pretty good about this team. But at the same time, I've been, as you've said, we've been burned by this team so many times that I'm a little trepidatious. I'm being a little careful about how much I'm buying in and how much Kool-Aid I'm drinking. I'm certainly pretty excited. There are a lot of really great possibilities. And if uh, if everything breaks the right way, we are absolutely looking at a world where the Dolphins are making a deep run. Because remember, last year, this time last year, and even, I mean, even into like a month into the season, I'm remembering people talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and that that team was a disaster because of that offensive line, right? And then in spite of that offensive line, the Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl and had the ball with a chance to win the Super Bowl, right? Obviously, they fell short, and it was because of the offensive line primarily and also because the Rams' defensive front was monstrous and Aaron Donald is one of probably the greatest football player of all time, but still. There is a world where this Miami Dolphins team, even with their questionable offensive line, can listen, there's a simulation that you could run. If you run 100 simulations, there's definitely going to be a simulation where the Miami Dolphins win the Super Bowl this year. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there's a world where it can. And so, you know, either way, it's it's there we're looking at a situation where the chips could fall the right way and the Dolphins might have themselves a very successful season. There are obviously a lot of things that need to happen in order for that in in order for that to work out. And there's also the possibility that as buoyant as I am right now, a lot of air could be t- I'm like a beach ball floating on the water. And as that air gets pulled out of the beach ball, I could start start to sink, right? Maybe I, I will lose some of my buoyancy as the season goes on. But right now, I am feeling buoyant. And that is your Dolphins Talk pulse check. So, Brain, uh, what, we got anything from the people? We got any comments? Anybody sharing their words in the comments here? Somebody wrote Super Bowl as one word. Kevin balanced. says Balanced. I like. I that don't know. From- I don't know. I don't know exactly what he's getting. Is he saying like this is a balanced team? Is he saying I'm not too positive? I'm not too negative. I'm balanced. Maybe he's um, having some eggs and toast and a glass of orange juice with his cereal. So he's got a well balanced breakfast. That's a possibility. He could mean that. Maybe it means that the Dolphins are balanced in that they're a team that is you know they don't have. I mean, they certainly have areas where there are holes, but you know they're. There are worse teams in the National Football League, which is nice. Well, um, that's that's setting the bar real high. <laughs> Listen, we, we go one step at a time on this show, baby. You know, old cynics like us. So anyway, that's how we're feeling. We're back, baby. We're back. We're going to be doing shows. We're, we're thinking once a week from here until the season starts, and then we'll get into our twice-a-week schedule once the se- regular season gets going. Uh, we don't not quite sure yet just which day of the week we're going to be coming to you. That might be moving around. We might be changing that around. Sometimes we might come to you on it. It's a Thursday as we're broadcasting live tonight, um, so a lot of you are hearing this on Friday morning. We might 
do Wednesdays. We might do a Tuesday or Monday. Who knows? Maybe a Friday. Maybe we do a weekend show. Who knows? But we're we're going to be doing shows regularly now because we're getting back into your earballs because the season is nearly upon us. And it's time. It's time to get back into the swing of things. So we invite you once again, if you're not doing so already, to make sure you're following us on Twitter at Amplified to Rock. That's me. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Samuel Dolphins. Make sure you are downloading, rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day for all the latest Miami Dolphins news and information. And make sure you've subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. You don't want to miss a live show. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel. A lot of good stuff coming your way on that channel. We've got a great interview with Thomas Morstead, the new punter for your Miami Dolphins. So you want to go check that out. And we got all kinds of other. We had we had Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie on the, on the podcast recently. So you make sure you're, you're checking everything out over there at the YouTube and you can see everybody's faces. And of course, if you'd like to just listen to podcasts in the more traditional way, we appreciate you as well. So, uh, Brain, any last words you want to leave the people with before we, uh, next time we do this, training camp will have begun. I just want to try to say his name right one time in this episode. Zaquandre White. Congratulations. You did. Yeah, it. I, I, it, was, it was bugging me because I, cu- I just couldn't say it correctly. We should get, well, see, this is the thing. I mean, we got to get you on the show. We got to get Mike. We got to get I, I, Mike. It took Mike like three and a half years to learn how to say Gasicki. Right? All due respect. All due respect to Mike. <laughs> but he, it took him a long time to say Gasicki right. Right. And, and, there were still, you know, I, I love the guys on this website, but there is still some, yeah, like Tom couldn't say Eric Izukama the other day. I can't even say it. Was it Sealer or Siler? I think it's Sealer. I think it's I said Siler earlier, earlier in this episode. So look, it's, it's, it's training camp for it's us. It's training all. camp for everybody, right? We got, we got five weeks to learn everybody's name and you can't expect us to learn everybody's name because half of these guys aren't going to end up on the roster. You're going to feel really terrible if you've been learning how to pronounce Zaquandre White and then he doesn't make the team. Oh, Kevin says Gasicki's going to go off this year, and I hope you're right. Um, but at the same time, I, you know, I could also see a world where uh, he goes off and demands a lot of money, and the Dolphins say, uh, we're going to stick with uh, Matt Damon. Uh, excuse me, Hunter Long. We're going to stick with Hunter Long. We'll, we'll see. I would like to see Hunter Long. I mean, he's got a lot to prove this year. Big year for Hunter Long as well. Lots to talk about here as training camp goes on and, and gets started. So we're going to be here talking about it. and. You know, we'll see how buoyant we are as training camp progresses and through the three preseason games that the Dolphins are going to play. But either way, I think you, like all of us, are very excited that football is just about back. So we're fired up. The same old Dolphin show is back. And uh, DolphinsTalk.com is the place to catch it every week between now and well, forever. Because we're not going away. We're not going away. But until next time, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Talking about the Dolphins.